Okay. All right. Well, good evening. Uh, my name is Randy Bevis, and I'm with my good friend, James Parker. And we'd like to introduce a new podcast that we've been uh, talking about doing for a while called All Things Primitive. And uh, James is Mr. Primitive. I'm not quite as primitive as James, but I, uh, I consider myself a student of his and uh, like enjoy coming down to the shop and, and learning things from James. And so I thought it'd be a great platform just to uh, to pick pick James's brain and all the things he has in there, and uh, to to share about his life of learning primitive skills. So uh, James, why don't you give us a little background of of who you are? Well, uh, to start out with, um, I wouldn't know what I know um, as far as primitive skills without the knowledge of my teachers. So. You know, I have to give uh, them credit straight off the bat. And um, I'm just, uh, I guess, another student of Steve Watts, uh, who was the director of the Southeastern Native American Studies Program at the Shoe Museum in Gastonia, North Carolina. And uh, Professor Eric Callahan from Lynchburg, Virginia, um, a scholar and... I uh, don't know what that was. Anyway... So I'm, I'm just going to, we're going to, what this podcast is about is going to be um, lots of different things that delve into um, aspects of primitive living, um, which could be a multitude of skills. So we'll start out by, I'm just going to give a little, um, little antidote here from uh, one of my teachers, the late, great Steve Watts. Uh, one of them is... Our ancestors, ourselves. What um, how, what do you think that means, James? Well, my way of thinking would be it's just they're both uh, they, they can both uh, are intertwined with each other, interlocking. Uh, our ancestors, ourselves. Well, of course, uh, we're trying to learn and practice skills that our ancestors were using uh, to be more like them. Um, and you don't even have to try. It just kind of, it's uh, a natural thing that comes in partly uh, in learning these skills. Um, how else can I put it there? Yeah, I mean, when, when, I, when I put a longbow in my hand, especially if I have moccasins on and you're walking through the woods, I mean, I feel like I'm right back there with my ancestors. Like, it could have, you know, it, it takes you back, doesn't it? To, oh, yeah. To, it to, 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 to do primitive yeah. Hunting like that, it, uh, well, that's what uh, I think is missing a lot in this world, especially in places like where we live here in the United States, where everything is, uh, you know, really fast and got to have uh, uh, what do you call that? I want it now, now, now mentality. Sometimes give a kid a three oh eight and have them shoot a fourteen pointer when they're eight years old, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so let's hear the, uh, you got another quote there. Yeah, I got another quote uh, here from the late, great Steve Watts. The learning and practicing of Aboriginal skills can help us all get in touch with our own roots. No matter what your particular heritage may be, American Indian, European, African, Asian, etc. Here in North America, we look to the Indian peoples and the ancestors of these peoples to teach us these skills that are native to this place. Yet if we go back far enough into our own past, we discover that we all are Aboriginal people at some point 
in some time and some place. The Stone Age is the great common denominator of humanness. Primitive skills, which means first, are our shared inheritance. And that was by Steve Watts, as I said before. Yeah, I like that. Even, you know, not too long ago, I didn't really think that way. I always thought, you know, when you talk about primitive skills, we, we were more talking about, you know, Native Americans or or people in Africa that are still practicing them and, and didn't really relate it so much to myself, right, in my own history. Mm-hmm. And so I like that quote because it uh, helps remind us that it's all of our backgrounds. It's just maybe farther back for some of us than, than others. Than others, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's the way you have to or somebody out. like Ishi was still doing that. Those that's in, right. in 1911, yeah. he was still practicing those mm-hmm. same skills. Mm-hmm. Well, and during the, the, during the COVID epidemic, you know, they had found those Amazonian tribes that had never yeah. been discovered yet. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few out there still. There, there was the guy in the Andaman Islands that, that got killed, remember, like two years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so one of the yeah one of the taglines was um, all things primitive, but then I had thought before reading this quote from Steve that um, helping us all connect with our roots, and that's basically what that what that quote from Steve was saying, that, that mm-hmm. uh, by practicing these skills that... It helps us connect with our heritage. Yeah, and hopefully with this podcast, it won't be just about me or one in, any one individual. It'll be about the, the greater whole, especially uh, because I'm not the only teacher and practitioner, and that's what we are. Is, uh, if you're delving into this, you're a practitioner of, of primitive skills. Um, so you're all the time maybe uh, practicing a skill, to get better at it, uh, so it, it could uh, come to the point in your life that you may need that skill, and you should have it down as far as uh, all steps that it takes to, you know, to do the skill from start to finish. Hmm. So just going back on the one word Aboriginal, I think a lot of people may misunderstand that term these days and think about Australians, mm-hmm. but but this is being used more in the broader sense of the first people, right? Is the what, first people, yeah. Is what Aboriginal and and Steve liked that term. He he yeah, used that he term. Liked, well, you know, he was uh, one of the founding members of uh, uh, the Society of Primitive Technology, uh-huh. which is. Um, what you're looking at there, we have to have one. Actually, we have. I have the first issue. Yeah, you got the first issue laying right here. The Bulletin of Primitive Technology. The Bulletin of Primitive Technology. Volume 1, Number 1, Society of Primitive Technology, Spring 1991. Yeah, so I've been doing this for quite a while. Um, Of course, I don't think that uh, it's in existence anymore. It's played its part in, uh, in history but all the people that were involved in it and um, all the skills that were passed down uh, just from um, this society and all the literature and the books and the workshops and um, different things like that throughout the United States. And uh, there's, there's quite quite the following for primitive skills, especially in the times we live in. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about your background. You grew up in, in North Carolina, and, yeah. and you said, you've told me before, Steve kind of took you under his wing. Like Yeah, I kind of grew up without a dad, so I looked to Steve like more or less like a dad. known him since I was, uh, oh gosh, probably 14, 15 years old. That's when you started learning some primitive 
Technology yeah. stuff? Um, probably, yeah, with any kind of... Uh, it's when I started reading. Yeah. <laughs> instead, you know, instead of trying stuff over and over and over and over and over. Uh, re reading helps a lot, but, you know, it's only if it's uh, good literature, so there's bad, good stuff and bad stuff you have to kind of... That's when you were really, the, really into the Egyptian stuff when you were yeah, at, at yeah. 14, 15? Yeah, yeah. You wanted to be... Egyptologist. Egyptologist. That yeah. was your dream job. That no, huh? was my dream yeah. job. Yeah. No, you got to get on. Chase mummies. You got to get on an airplane to go there, though. You haven't done that yet. Well, no. You know, back in the day, they shipped the mummies over here and burned them in the, the trains for fuel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really did. Yeah, huh. by the by the fuckloads. Huh. That's uh, strange. Yeah. Well, at least that's what I read. Yeah. But like I said, sometimes you gotta. Uh, so you'd hang out with Steve, and, and, and he'd just teach you stuff? Well, yeah, actually, uh, Steve's programs actually started in the back of the museum, and uh, it was more or less, it was before he actually started doing, let's say, per se, workshops where we had uh, one subject matter and you signed up for it. Uh, we would just kind of get together early on and talk things out and share uh, skills with each other. Uh, of course, he had a lot more to share than anybody else. That's why everybody came. Hmm. Uh, he was absolutely uh, brilliant, especially in this regard to what we're we're trying to do here. Hmm. And so he'd send you. You talked before about he'd send you guys out on and. Uh, well, or... yeah, you had. Well, well what we did uh, when he finally started doing workshops, uh, you signed up for him. He'd send out a letter. Uh, with what uh, you know the workshop was going to pertain to and he didn't just teach a workshop so if he picked a, a, a topic let's just say um, let's just say pottery hmm. um, not only would you learn how to make primitive oh, sorry not only would you learn how to make primitive pottery but you would learn how different peoples from around the world made primitive pottery in different time periods and he always had examples so, you know, because he didn't just, you didn't come there just to learn the skill. You also learned it within context. So it had history behind it. Um, um, you know, there's all kind of clay vessels. Um, so why did they flare this? Why did they put a hole in it there? Why did they uh, make some stand up with legs? And then some you had to have a... A basket to hold the bowl up, you know. Mm. All these things uh, were done, like everything else in the world, for a reason. Mm. Um, and there is things that happen by accident; those are called accidents. Mm. Mm. Or the old light bulb goes off. But when you have a purpose and you've got a predetermined, um, um, let's see, what would you call it? Goal. Uh -huh. uh, that's what you're shooting for. Yeah, so I, you know, we we talked some like this podcast. We'd we'd have some topics that we could talk about, and, and like yeah. we could spend an hour talking yeah. about uh, well, making buy faces for flint napping, right, well, or something. Like, like. like when we're going talking about with Steve, uh, and what you would do is is you would uh, sign, you know, I signed up for every workshop Steve ever taught in primitive technology, uh, and some of them I've done two, three, four, five. As many times he'd let me come back until mm -hmm. one day we 
uh, got called to come to our little meeting, and uh, I got the bad news. Well, James, you can't come to any more Flint Napping workshops. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that? You're causing trouble? or? <laughs> well, yeah, causing trouble. Uh, unless I was there as a, a TA. TA is a teacher's uh-huh. assistant, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but you had what you done was you build on all these skills, and then uh, you would go out and he would take his advanced students, and he had oh god, it's like Eric Callahan, hundreds and thousands of students, I'm just everywhere, uh, been all over the world. Uh, but you would learn, you'd learn uh, a certain amount of skills that you had to have, kind of like that show, you know, you got to be able to do these mm-hmm. particular skills to even get on it, yeah. which you'd want to know. Uh, so you would build all this skill base up and then you would go out and apply it. That's mm-hmm. called an applied skills program. Mm-hmm. And you may just go out and we may be just doing Stone Age camping. It could be a weekend, it could be a week. Uh, I've done it long term, up to two years. And then sometimes you would do an, an ERP. That's what Steve called it. I remember the first time he, he said it to me. He says, James, I'm, I've got an ERP and, and I need you to really focus on this ERP. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, the only herb I know is, is uh, you know, the, the gunslinger. What's his name? Wide herb. <laughs> he said, and Steve was a cowboy, you know. Yeah. He said, no, an herb is an individual research project. And you pick the topic, and uh, like, for instance, the one that I went on, uh, it was all about flint mapping, but I didn't take any tools with me, no rock, mm-hmm. no medium to make anything. When I got there, uh, I put myself in a situation where I had to go find what was there, never been there, mm-hmm. and then produce um, hammer stones, wooden billet, pressure flaker, then procure the material, and then make some points, and then I had to document everything that mm-hmm. we went to. You know, and how'd that go? Pitch. Oh, I succeeded, yeah. 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 It was fun. What'd you make? Uh, well, I just made a bunch of uh, quartz and quartzite points that would have been found uh in that area, any given time period, mm. just a small. So, how did you make stuff. the uh, the the wood billet? Uh, well, smooth well, it on a rock, and yeah, I basically just found enough to make a hand axe, and found uh, a suitable, mm. you know, tree that I could dogwood tree I could make a billet out of. Mm. Took me a better part of a whole day just to do that. Yeah, hack it down and shape it and burn it, and then then I. Uh, you know, I could make the points with the hammer stone, but could only get uh, so big. And I was, you know, trying to make big stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're young. So. So, um, what did you do for fine the fine flaking with? Did you uh, find some antler? Well, actually, I found uh, uh, an antler drop. You did. Uh, yeah, but it was porky chewed to pieces. It didn't last very right. long, but it lasted long enough for, for my individual research. That's pretty products. good that you found that even in, uh, on the spot. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty fun. I wasn't the only one there, so everybody there had to had to actually pick a topic and follow through with it. Hmm. It, it was very interesting and enlightening. It, uh, that was my first individual research project. I've hmm. done several more for Steve and Eric Callahan, a couple other uh, hmm. uh, uh, professors and teachers, uh, and some for myself more than anything because. Um, I'm trying to prove myself, not anyone else. You know, the more yeah. skills I know, the better off I'm personally going to be. Yeah. So, uh, as a as a profession, switching gears a little bit, your what's what's your main? What would you say your job is? My job. Yeah. Uh, being me. 
being you. Yeah. <laughs> but you, know, you have it's hard. multiple <laughs> income streams, but one one of the main ones is a bowyer, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a bowyer. Um, uh, self bows, laminated, all natural bows, laminated fiberglass bows, mm-hmm. composite horn bows. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we first met, actually. Interesting background of just you and I was. Uh, it was like 15 years ago. I was in Thailand. I was missionary there for 20 years doing uh, fish farming projects, and uh, I was on the leather wall. I got into primitive archery or traditional archery around, somewhere around like 2009 or something like that. A uh, friend from Minnesota challenged me to make my own bow, and I made a lemon wood bamboo back lemon wood bow and a and a black walnut self bow were my first two bows. But anyway, you happened to see me on there, saw me talk about Thailand. You're like, hey. Uh, could you get me some buffalo horns? Yeah. <laughs> and so we started, I started, uh, I was doing that for you and a few other people around the world. Um, and I was sending you boxes of buffalo horns. Yeah. We'd cut them out on a bandsaw to make them lighter, and you were making horn bows out of them. Yeah, making composite horn bows to good old days. Yeah. Which is which is a you'd call that a primitive bow, but it's, it's still it's, primitive bow. But it doesn't it's seem very primitive, does it? No, <laughs> not compared to just a regular one piece of wood stick bow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I would imagine we'll have some uh, maybe episodes just talking about horn bows because man, that there's, would be great there's so much uh, so much information out in different oh, yeah. styles and in different styles and just. Uh, you have, have you researched like? Where it came from originally? Like, who was the first to do uh, a hornbow? It's, it's hard to... That, I, I think that'd be really hard to go... But it's interesting, because it's, like, all over Asia, they, right? Yeah, it's all over Asia, yeah. Um, from um, Egypt, to, Egypt to Japan to Korea to... Yeah, to, yeah. The steeps to India. I'm not sure about yeah. Japan. I know Korea. I'd say the Korean hornbow was the apex of... Yeah. Uh, composite horn bow making though, because yeah. you squeeze so much out of such small amount of material, it's so sm- yeah. little tiny petite thing that will yeah. outperform most big gawky bows. Um, well, I got a list here that was um, so your website is uh, Huntworthy Productions. Huntworthy Productions, and there's um, there's lots of pictures of um, if you want to see James and his wife Rebecca, some of the stuff that they make. Rebecca does amazing work with quill work and and uh, animal hide clothing and basketry and all kinds the of things stuff. that you would have to have if you were to live yeah. uh, a nomadic life. Yeah. So you could see examples of bows and flint napping stuff that they're selling and and all kinds of stuff on their website. If you take a look there, we'll have a link on the on the page to that. But here's here's a list of um, some of the skills that you guys teach, and uh, so I'll just read a couple of these here. So there's you know pottery. um, So it'd be primitive pottery techniques, trapping techniques, passive and aggressive fishing techniques, and bone fish hooks. Brain tanning and sewing techniques, cordage techniques, and also gathering the plant fibers, fire making technologies, baskets and weaving, food preparation and preservation, gourd craft and uses, antler bone uses and crafts, earth pigments and paints, hunting, gathering, tracking. You said one of your one of your teachers was an amazing tracker, right? That, oh yeah, Mountain Mound Waste is is an actual man tracker and animal tracker professional. Yeah. And, and you studied under yeah he's him. An awesome awesome tracker um and then uh primitive navigation and watercraft shelter and housing um bone stone and wood tools 
primitive illumination, which would be like to torches and whatnot, right? Uh, yeah, torches, candles, lamps. Stone and clay pipes, um, bark buckets and containers, birch bark pouches, porcupine quill work, moose hair embroidery, pine needle and coil basketry, felt felting wool, buckskin sewing clothing, slate, gorgets. What's that? Gorgets. Gorgets. Some people call them gorgets, some the gorget. Yeah, it's like a little breastplate that hangs right here. Oh, okay. uh, bling bling. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's so basically primitive bling. bling. Yeah, it's primitive and then, bling. Uh, <laughs> clay beads and pendants and other primitive jewelry, willow figures, bark and yucca sandals. So that was um, that's a pretty long list. So there's a lot to uh, and you didn't even have bow making on there. No, right? I didn't have bow making we, on we, there. We added or, bow making or uh, anything to do with teeth. You know the uh, osteodontic karate. I don't see flint napping on here either. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, so bow making and flint now, two of your best. <laughs> two of my best you, money you didn't, Your money makers weren't on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of students want to learn. Well, you can't survive just knowing uh, fire making and flint napping, unfortunately. No. No, we could make it real easy if that's all it took. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, but knowing that much will help you uh, greatly. And, um, I have my my own background. I still travel quite a bit to like Africa and Haiti and some of these places and uh and I was just in Africa last week and I didn't have good microphones yet, but I did record my friend Paul Noren who was born there and he speaks all these different dialects and languages and uh he, he was a monkey hunter since he was, you know, oh, running running around barefoot with, you know. Mostly, no, he was Crossbow. mostly using a twenty two as as a missionary kid, but he hung out with, with people that that used uh, poison arrow little bows with with oh, poison arrows and Gerard? well they used two different kinds of vines to make it so so I recorded Paul like uh, it was just a week and a half ago telling all these stories of uh, hunting everything from from the forest buffalo with poison arrows and uh, to killing a you know leopard was charging charging them with their machete with the Ooh. you know some there's some pretty hair raising stories but it, it's it's real interesting, uh, yeah, to, to hear those stories. And actually, I have a bow set that I brought back that uh, one of the watchmen that worked for Paul, he passed away now, but he made me this set. And it's it's a pretty impressive uh, set. Maybe I'll bring it down sometime when uh, or post pictures of that when I uh, post some stories here that, that Paul's telling. Yeah, and then, yeah, I have other friends that, uh, what well, would be interesting to have your son Eric who spent, what, where did he spend time in? The oh, rainforest? Somewhere in South America, yeah. Yeah. Quite a while. Like a month or two, or how long? He was down there a while. He had yeah. a birthday down there yeah. in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And he went down there to study basically you primitive. Know, some primitive skills that they uh, were still uh, using there. And um, he was telling me that uh, I'd have to let him yeah. maybe ad lib in a little bit. But uh, he was uh, told me that uh, he took some. Um, some lithic material to flint nap while he was there and show him because he'd already been once or maybe twice this, mm -hmm. this is not his first trip there and when they got there they had seen it and it was telling him stories that they heard as a kid mm -hmm. as they were young uh, about the stone tools but there were no stone Nobody tools any. in their historical record uh -huh. why they were that he could see why he was there yeah What's going on? Oh, it was just my, my computer yeah. just blacked out, but it's still uh -huh. recording. Um, yeah, that's pretty neat. It'd be fun to have Eric on and tell stories of that. And then uh, we got our friend yeah, Jess, he's Jesse, too. got a lot too. of pictures, so you get him bring, yeah. his, get him bring his photo album and yeah. while you're looking at it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have no, a heck of no. a story right there. 
But one one thing that we talked about that would be pretty neat too is not only to have podcasts talking about these things, but to to make some video content that people could uh, download and and for you know as we're talking, um, be recording a video and have you actually showing us skills. Yeah, and well, um, that's our plan anyway. Yeah, and then beyond that, even to have um, you guys have done this before, but have in person coursework that you know whatever ten oh, yeah. people could attend yeah. kind of deal. And so, yeah, you know, still do quite a bit of that. Yeah, and so part of my hope is that more people will hear about about you guys and and the resource you are, and that will open the doorway for more people to to study and, under you. Yeah, and we're also hoping to start uh, because I don't know if maybe one. I mean, I'm still not for sure about that one. I've kind of got away from the primitive skills um, loop where there's 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 lots of... Uh, yeah, rabbit sticks going on right know, now. There's lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, me personally, believe it or not, I've never been to rabbit stick. Yeah. I just could not go back. It's a long ways away. away. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I had a job and yeah. responsibilities. Um, just never got a chance to go. But luckily, 20 minutes away... Mm-hmm was you know steve yeah so i still got i got more from him than i probably could have got at rabbit stick uh yeah the whole duration of not saying it how many years did of, you study under steve yeah. oh 30 like yeah 30 30, years. 30 plus years yeah. yeah um and learned quite a quite a bit you know and then he also done uh, uh his camp Kephart, you know which I kind of grew up doing that with my grandpa, so I was kind of burnt out on that. What, what's that? I'm not familiar. on at all. Um, well, I'll have to get you the info on it. It's, yeah, uh, it's a camp, like a youth camp or what? No, 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 oh. no, 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 cowboy day camp. Oh, okay. You know, I just, the backpacks and the bed rolls and, mm-hmm. and all the gizmos that you have to carry and this and that. And, kind of like Boy Scout camp. Well, kind of grown up boy yeah, scout camping, I guess. It's camp, yeah. You know, it's Kephart. Um, just yeah. Don't don't do that. I'm more into the primitive skills. Yeah, yeah. You know, the bare essentials when you get down where you don't have anything, mm-hmm. and then you have to come up with a game plan and um, follow through with it. Uh, you know, so that's you, the kind of skills I like doing. You said early on uh, you were living in a. In a brush debris shelter for about two years, and you said that was a bit early in your primitive skills. Yeah, that was a bit early. I had a few, but not enough. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't good good living. No, no, it was not good living. No, it, it absolutely, it was horrible. But, but you survived it. Well, I went with two other guys, and after six months, one guy he he was done, and then the other guy, a real good close friend of mine, he. He quit about four months. Uh, uh, he actually stayed about uh, 14, 15, 16 months. So maybe. you lived in there two yeah. winters, or how many winters? Oh, yeah, two winters. North Carolina winters? Yeah. And did it's you still have, cold. Would you have good clothes? Pretty, no, no. Not really? No. Well, the whole time we were there, I think I had the clothes I had on my back and one change. Mm. That was it. Yeah. You know, but we did bathe in the freezing cold water, and oh. we were close to the river. You had like a fire pit inside of there, but um, yeah, small ref- well, just a small reflector. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It, it was well. I was young and I was probably a little tougher and didn't care. How old were you? Like twenty? Um, right before I, yeah, eighteen, nineteen, huh. twenty. 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't something. have uh, thought I knew everything, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were still going to the museum at that time? And oh, learned, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was uh, you know, uh, still didn't have my, the fire. Fire was my number one thing. I wanted to learn how to do fire. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Steve didn't teach me how to do fire. I learned how to do that uh, from one of the elders, Cherokee elders uh, in Cherokee, North Carolina, on the reservation. Hmm. Uh, so they actually had me come up and do some demos, uh, flint mapping, because nobody there on the reservation could flint map. Hmm. And uh, the old, I tried to make a fire, I don't know how many times it just never would happen. Hmm. The old man never said a word for three days till it was over, and then he come over and he says, let's make a fire. Hmm. And I went, okay. And uh, just two little things he showed me hmm. made all the difference. I got my first cold right there. And what was it? What were the things? All the material? Or what was it that unlocked it for the two things? Oh, um, uh, positive contact. You know, your spindle can't come out of that hole. Yeah. Every time it does, you're basically starting all over. Yeah. And uh, no matter what you're using, if you're using a hand drill setup, uh, they both have to break down at the same rate of speed. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. uh, So it's best to use the same material for the spindle uh, and the... Yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole lot of skills out there. So hopefully we'll be helping some people. And and like I said, this is a, an avenue for us to have uh, other primitive technologists to come and uh, do a podcast also. Because so I don't think anybody's just doing that. Yeah, I mean, I look. There's there's a few there's a few groups out there that are doing some podcasts, and people are doing podcasts about everything in the world these days but anyway I, I did look into it and i, I think uh I, I think we might fill a void here and you know I, i'm sort of the idiot here that's just asking questions and you're you're the yeah. the bright one that has all this well, experience I'm only as bright as the knob <laughs> goes up to a certain number and after that so there might be a lot of extra numbers i yeah. can't go up to my if you get my drift my primitive <laughs> skills well, I've, I've done um self bows for for probably about 30 40 well, they weren't all self bows, but you know some of your bamboo back bows, and uh, I can do fire now. After last last year, I worked on that and uh, was able to do a bow drill. Um, I haven't done. Uh, I tried the hand plow. I haven't got that one down quite yet. That one's yeah. The, the fire plow's kind of yeah. It's kind of tough. And uh, the hand, I didn't quite get it with the hand drill. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You know, making primitive arrows, and uh, I, I still want to get into flint napping with you. I've, I've had a box of stones from you from like 15 years ago. I still haven't oh, no, done that. That's some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, well, I think we can maybe wrap that up for tonight. Um, that's cool. But that's just an intro of sort of some ideas and um, direction we're heading. And uh, look forward to, to crafting it more as we go and, and uh, develop it. <laughs> I just remembered something. Well, you can say it now. What do you oh, got? Oh, no, I'm not going to say this now. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different.